Jets 32, Giants 24. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. And the Giants have not won the MetLife Bowl since 2019. Their third loss in a row in the MetLife Bowl. Justin, how are you? You are in the bowl of MetLife. I was in the bowl of MetLife. There was a ton of people at this game. I kind of got there a little later than I wanted to, and... I got there even later because of how much traffic there was heading into the stadium. And usually in the second half, I usually move down towards the 100 section. And still, even in the second half, in what was kind of a really, like a very boring second half, I thought the first half was pretty entertaining. Um, a lot of seats filled. So shout out to Giants and Jets fans. There wasn't as many Jets fans as there as I thought that there would be. So shout out to Giants fans that showed up for their team. Man, I'm ready for Dallas. Um, there was a point in this game that I did think we were going to win. It was 14 to 13 at halftime. We had 13 unanswered unanswered points. Offense started to find itself. Um, defense even did a little bit of a bend don't break effort to start the second half. Ton of injuries to the back end of the roster guys tonight. Which hey, that's why the coaches are here. Uh, that's why the coaches are coaching, and I'm here because I selfishly wanted to play some of these starters. Um, I wanted to win pretty bad because, like, I, that's this is going to be the last thing that I'm going to feel for two weeks until we play Dallas. Um, so I'm ready for Dallas though. How are you, Bobby? Good, good. I'm, but I am excited, you know, talk about Jalen Hyatt and, and Isaiah Simmons even went out there and got reps, even though I don't think anyone thought that would happen. Uh, we'll talk DeVito, David Sills, all that stuff. Uh, first, Justin, this episode is brought to you by some special people. Andy Bryant, he's Kobe Bryant's brother. Mason Harper, remember Andre Harper, all those penalties he got and he called me a liar, but he actually did get all those penalties. Oh yeah. Tyler Nolan. Christopher Nolan's brother, OG Mudbone. He's the original gangster of Mudbones. Don Decker, part of the the Decker family. Wow. Lucas, that's my brother's middle name. James Carothers, Car- Kate, James R. Eh, speaking of, a couple of Jameses. Speaking of James Timothy Skinner. Johnson, not Tim from Florida. Just regular Pete, not NYGP. And then Larry Fishgold, which now that I'm looking at that, that's definitely not a real name, Fishgold. Really? Justin, who are these people? These wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talking giants. And for $2 a month plus some other tiers, you get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Like we have a bunch of people doing right now, doing with their, with they're here with us right now. I can't talk. It's 1130 at night on a Saturday night. I have to wake up at 4 a.m. for a fishing trip. Patreon.com slash talking giants. Thanks for our patrons. We love you. All right. So the giant starters didn't play in this game, um, but they're, important backups did right so it wasn't like a solely any guy who's getting playing time didn't play so we got to see Jalen Hyatt out there Justin and see Sterling Shepard out there and if that was the most the biggest and the Giants interior I can see their interior offensive line starters did play which we'll talk about but if there's one takeaway from the starters or or good backups is Jalen Hyatt Justin he beat sauce twice and the first time was like totally cooked him like did a little stop and go totally got sauce to bite on it accelerates out of it was wide ass open Tyrod Taylor throws the ball out of bounds and also they had the safety over the top and then the second drive of the game they do the same exact thing he didn't beat him as bad but he did beat him sauce got a little handsy and again the safety over the top weren't able to complete it to where you saw the play last week against the Panthers starting safety we've seen it all in camp this dude is just so fast, and he's able to do stuff getting to those vertical routes. Like, again, he's not a great route runner right now, but he does know how to route run to get open deep. It's not simply just running straight. Struggles with the release if he's getting pressed up. He's not simply just running straight. He knows how to work leverage. He knows how to get a guy to bite on something. And it's so point where it's like, I mean, this guy's going to get like 20 deep targets this year. Like, I, I, I if he's healthy, Justin, because I think he's going to average over one per game. Because he just 
Like, why wouldn't you do that with the way he's able to get open like that? I almost think it took Sauce Gardner back. Like, oh, we're we're doing this first play of the game. You're you're gonna you're gonna test me like this, and you're gonna run like this because usually some. Now I know the Giants aren't game planning for the Jets and Sauce Gardner, but oh, we're gonna run this the first play of the game, and Sauce Gardner was taking it back, and Jalen Hyatt was open on the sideline, and Tyrod Taylor had to force it towards the sideline because he had he had that safety over the top. But that was really fun. Like I didn't see. Like the, I wasn't watching Jalen Hyatt versus Sauce Gardner that first play because I was kind of just watching the ball the first play. But man, I saw that ball in the air. I saw Sauce Gardner at least five yards behind Jalen Hyatt, and I immediately get up. And then I'm like, I need to see a replay of this route. And I don't even think the Giants broadcast even showed like the release and everything. Uh, you only saw the double move at the top on the actual broadcast. So that was super fun, super exciting. I think Jalen Hyatt's stat line is going to look pretty funky this year where his average depth of target is going to be like maybe it's going to be like what it was at Tennessee for his rookie year which is a crazy concept to think about dude's going to average like 19 yards per catch or something crazy it's this crazy year. <laughs> with he's going to have like 25 catches but he's going to he's you know it's going to be for like 600 yards or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's crazy like it's just like this dude just like consistently gets open deep and it's in different types of ways and he's like he's good at that route running stuff on the sideline. He's got to work on some of the other stuff, but um like that like he's he's a big part of of yeah. the game plan week 1 versus Dallas. And like, even if the ball's not thrown I think the to first him, play of the game might go to him in Dallas. Like that's maybe, how open this guy gets. You know, and even if the ball isn't thrown to him, Bobby, that's a threat of speed and it's a big play potential that we just haven't had in in years, and the fact that Jalen Hyatt is the isn't the only source of those big plays, um, that will open up stuff for guys that are underneath, and the guys that are underneath Jalen Hyatt in terms of a play, they're no schmucks themselves, and that's what really makes me excited about this offense. Like this isn't just. Darius Slate in 2019, and he's the only source of big plays that we can target down the field consistently. It's Jalen Hyatt uh, plus uh, Dar- plus Darius Slate and plus a Darren Waller plus a Paris Campbell plus some other guys. So um, I'm really excited to see Hyatt in this offense with everybody else. I'm going to make a guarantee. The first passing play of the season will be over 15 yards, and it will be play action. A completion. Like, we're going to complete the first play. The first pass, uh, first passing attempt of the game, will be a fifteen yard or more completion off play action. That's how you set the tone. I, I, I Evan Neal holding it. up, Evan Neal holding up versus Lawrence or Parsons, Andrew Thomas doing I his think job. Give him some the, help. the interior doing some jo- they're doing their jobs. So I'm I'm just guaranteeing that at this point. Also, okay. the Giants' interior offensive line, Bredesen got snaps at center for the first time since the second week of camp, essentially. Um, Gowinski was at right guard. Josh Azudu was at left guard. None of them. Pl- so Azudu had this. So they did this thing where they put Matt Parrot over on the right side, and so it was Azudu lined up next to Chris Myrick, and they were running to the right. You know, an uh, unbalanced line, and Azudu tried to do like this type of slingshot block, and just totally like basically turn that into a tackle like just like here you go here's a tackle for a loss so that type of stuff needs to be worked on overall they i actually think they did halfway decent pass protecting except for Golinski got beat on a stunt by quinn and williams um and in that first play of the game bredesen ended up getting shed by quinn and williams as well um but just the offensive and i want to talk about matt at parrot because he was he's their swing tackle and he was awful this game Awful from start to finish, essentially. Besides, at least in pass protection. Um, this Giants offensive line, starters and backups, all preseason has really struggled with combo blocks in the run game, and this is one of the worst rushing preseason offenses I've ever seen. I have numbers. Give me numbers. Uh, week one, twenty-two attempts. Now I'm counting QB runs in here too, which usually. Really? Oh, okay. So that's even. You, you, yeah. Okay. So I'm counting QB runs. I did not I didn't have time to take out running backs because it would be even worse. And I don't even I don't even think you want to hear if it were just Giants running backs. So here we go. Twenty-two attempts for eighty-one yards, uh, week one, three point seven yards per carry. Twenty-five carries for sixty yards week two. That's two point four yards per carry. Thirty-two carries for 125 yards this week, three point nine yards per carry. Um, you know, and if you take out the James Robinson big run, which you can't, that J- James Robinson big run was legit. 
um, that it's way less than 3.9. So in total, through this preseason, 79 carries, 266 yards, 3.36 yards per carry. Um, not what you want. Not good, not happy. No, and it's been there's been so many negative plays from bad combo blocks or just bad blocks in general. Uh, and again, the third string guys like... Who cares? Okay, they, they suck. I don't care. But it's been from the starters too, man. Like even even JMS a little bit. Like this offensive line, and this is what, one of the reasons why I push back on the rotation thing so much, is like these are the issues of doing the rotation. Like you need these guys to gel. Combo blocks are, are – you can – can be a thing of art but they've been so bad whether guys are coming off of them too early not coming off of them at all um or just you know not getting movement on them not getting hip to hip the way you want they just have not looked good at all they have not looked good at all and it's something that like if i'm if i'm getting ready for week one versus dallas and i want and i do want saquon barkley to be a big part of this like we gotta be, we gotta get movement up front on these on these combo blocks, and we gotta get off at the right time because they're gonna throw a lot. That Dallas is gonna throw a lot of different run fits at you to try and stop Saquon Barkley from creating big plays, and it's gonna lead to tackles for a loss if you're not able to pick this type of stuff up. Yeah, I I don't have a ton to say yet because I I, I don't disagree with you, but we haven't seen the five really out there all that much, and really. Even when we were watching camp, Bobby, they're not running the ball a lot, but even when we're watching camp in person, we didn't see a consistent five. And this even included early in camp when they were rotating JMS in, in and out too. It's like everybody and their mother knew that JMS was going to be the starting center this year. Why for the first two weeks of camp were was JMS not getting valuable reps with the first team because you wanted to cross-train Ben Bredesen when you probably knew that he can do that anyway and he can take second, second team snaps. So... I don't know, man. Um, I, I agree with you. I do think I'm not I'm not a coach, blah blah blah. I trust I trust the coaches, I trust Brian Dable that all of this is like this is the baseline of what I'm saying, but I still disagree with the inevitable rotation that we see at the interior for this exact reason, that they do need to gel together and they do need reps together. Okay, here here's what my challenge to everyone, because it's the oh trust the coaching staff. You guys triggered. are smarter than them? No. When have we we have never claimed to, to say that? Tell me the benefit of it. And it's not like, oh, we're we're hiding stuff from our opponents or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no conspiracy theories. Tell me tell me the benefit that you've seen of rotating offensive alignment. Yeah. And tell I'm me not how many about the other first couple of weeks in pra- at camp and stuff like that. But I'm talking about in games, which they did in the playoffs. And tell me how many other NFL teams do it. Right? It's unless you've Unless you're Bill Belichick in 2016 or Joe Judge or Brian Dable, it just doesn't happen. And every offensive line coach ever, like says, that, you know, and Mike Kafka said it himself, it's like you want to get your you get your five. So, how much evaluation do you need to figure out the five? Yeah, like if 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 it's about evaluation and you can't figure it out through all this time, then I don't know what, what are you're we doing. doing? And what, yeah, what so, are we doing? And it's not well, like I'm a tired zoo. of all the conversations because at the end, it's oh, it's oh, the answer has always been the reason why they do it is because they put invest they put bigger investments into Glowinski and Azudu than they did Bredesen. Right, and Bredesen's the best one. And they also didn't get a backup center. Right. Which, which um, you know. Anyways, uh, Matt Pear was awful. Yeah, and swing tackle is. A really is an issue again. Like man, now Matt Parrot at right tackle is better than left tackle Matt Parrot, but it's not because he's better there. It's just he he will have solid reps and then he just gets beat. Like it's like every six plays he gets beat really badly and will end drives. So it's like once again we're and and Tyree Phillips. We're, how, he, we haven't seen him. We didn't play a single preseason game, Justin. And he wasn't having a good camp. He came back to practice this week, but he wasn't having a good camp. Like Tyree Phillips, where is he? Can he, is he going to be the swing tackle again? That's a huge question mark for this Giants offense. Yeah, Tyree Phillips, where are you? Is big. Um, do you, do you think there's a, a post uh, a post cut down day move that's made? Maybe, maybe. But odds are a good swing tackle is not going to be cut from a team. I mean, maybe the best swing tackle cut last year was Tyree Phillips. And and the Giants got him. And they were very, what were they, fourth on the waiver claim list? 
Yeah. Yeah. Or fifth. I want to talk about Isaiah Simmons, though, because Isaiah Simmons played. But first, I want to talk to you about DraftKings. You've waited all year, and the time has finally arrived. College football is back. Why Why? Did, why was Notre Dame just beating the crap out of Navy and Ireland? Why, why did they is go Notre Dame ranked 13th in the country? Didn't they get beat by Marshall last year? <laughs> so are the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score. <laughs> Sorry, that got me good. Right now, new customers can score two hundred dollars in bonus year. bets instantly when they bet just five dollars on any college football bet. I also went to go look for the Giants press conference today, and I saw do a barrel roll it was already uploading uh, cuts. And I'm like, nice, my guy. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code World. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Uh, in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charleston, races all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gaming. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Blue Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible and gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms. By the way, if we ever do like put some focus in the JM football, and have a guy. I feel like a Monday morning like draft like video, like recapping like four or five prospects every week would be good. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Isaiah Simmons was out there and he almost had a sack. Dude, he's just, it's so it's like you see the athleticism and then you see the athleticism with a Giants jersey on and it's like, oh my gosh, this guy legitimately does fly around. He also had another play where he created some pressure when they rolled out. And now the sack, I, I want to see him put a little more oomph into five foot eight Michael Carter, the running back in there and maybe run his ass over. But it's you see it and then he had a couple of good man coverage reps and he only played like one series, Justin, but it's like there is a plan for Wink Martindale's going to have for this guy. And they actually asked, they talked about it on the broadcast where they said, like, Dable went to Simmons and said, what do you like to do? And he said, rush. Which, again, I don't put too much into all that because Simmons also said he wanted to play safety for the Cardinals <laughs> and not linebacker. But th- he is going to be a valuable rusher for the Giants. Yes. And I think he's going to be good in man coverage on tight ends and running backs too. Yeah, I said it in our Isaiah Simmons PPP Welcome to the Giants episode. You know, almost 2,300 snaps that he's played in the NFL, and 239 of them have been as a pass rusher, which seems odd because that that was a legit strength of his at Clemson. And, it, you know, kind of whether you're going to put him at that edge spot, which, hey, he's a little light for that edge at 240, but put him wherever. There was a couple plays where he was lining up in the A-gap. Um, you know, during those first five plays in that first series. So I'm excited for Simmons, man. And I, I, I'm excited to see how he was utilized because I, I don't necessarily want to see him utilized as this every down linebacker. I know he's going to run into that every once in a while, but I want to see him utilized as a weapon um, and as like an ace in the hole on the football field because that is what Isaiah Simmons, that's what he's best at. Um, and I think that's exactly how the Giants plan to use him. Yeah, I, I, I like he. They put him in man coverage on a play on a running back. He did really well, and it was just like that speed, man. Like Wink Martindale's, um, like Wink Martindale's gonna have a plan for him. Now, if the plan is to be a full time linebacker, I think we're gonna have frustrations with Isaiah Simmons. But he is also working with the linebackers too, so that answers the question on what position that he's gonna play for the Giants. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Shout out Creed. Welcome to this place. I'll show you everything. That's what Breck, Brock, Breck Jones had a good meme about that, talking about Isaiah Simmons. Um, Sterling Shepard returned a punt. Yeah, and he forgot to call for a fair catch. Yeah, they told him to fair catch, and he no forgot the what. fair catch, and he got tackled and was like, what the hell? And he's like, oh, I forgot the fair catch. <laughs> Why was Sterling Shepard returning the punt? I don't get it. Um. Because if he's not gonna start at wide receiver, the Giants. But then why would they him. give him a fair catch rule? Because they wanted him to just 
do it like Dable and I like Dable doesn't give like legit answers in front of the media, but I actually do believe this to be a legit answer. Um, he said after the game that he wanted to get him under the lights and get him out there and just catch a punt. And I honestly think that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean, I get that makes sense. But is Sterling Shepard going to re- be a punt returner? And then Jameson no. Crowder did one, and then in the second half, Eric Craig got it. So it's a very weird situation. Now, if Jameson, if Colby's, so let's talk about roster construction. Colby's has been injured for like over a week now. Yeah. Didn't play tonight. If Beasley doesn't make the team because of this injury or they hold off on bringing him and or whatever like for a couple weeks i think crowder should make the team and he could be your returner and right we were planning on you know there being an extra wide receiver anyway and and that cole beasley's a slot guy jameson crowder would just slide in but i do think eric gray is i i think eric gray is the team's punt returner okay let's talk about eric gray i thought he played well he had four catches for 48 yards. He was making guys miss. Like he ran through some ankle tackles around his leg. He had that one play where he had a – did you see did you see the play where he just double cut? Like it was two guys and bam, bam. Yeah, just on the sideline. Double side cut, made, made them guys miss. Um, he had set only seven carries for 11 yards, but two of those runs uh, were negative seven yards combined when he was just straight up tackled in the backfield. So – and he was hitting holes. He had a nice one cut on those. Like he – he looked his best. He was used as a as he didn't have he had one like straight up block, and it wasn't good. It wasn't as bad as last week, but it wasn't good. But they were using him as chipper a lot. But like running, so I don't I don't think he's ready to get a ton of reps yet. He still needs to work on that pass blocking a ton. But you kind of saw Oklahoma version of Eric Gray tonight. Yeah, making guys miss, especially that play that he had on the sideline. I think it was on the Giants sideline. So it's always it's always funny seeing some of these uh some of these depth guys and some of these backup guys make plays. JD Mickens had a fun play where he made a couple guys miss that was right on the Giants sideline and they they all freaked out afterwards. So yeah, but Eric Gray. Um, you know, we he showed that he can show the power this preseason on on some runs. His uh his touchdown run, um, he showed he showed off some power, showed off a little bit of the Oklahoma stuff tonight. So I feel comfortable Eric Gray being RB RB three. I wanted to feel more comfortable with him as RB two this camp and this summer. Not quite there yet, especially with the his blocking issues. But yeah, excited for Eric Gray. Whatever opportunity he's going to get, I do think he is the team's punt returner. It was just nice. To, yeah, I, I kind of I would be fine with that. Yeah. Um, but it was just nice to see him win off of the stuff he won off at Oklahoma, where just yeah. like just those one, those one cut moves, just bam. Just put that foot in the ground, yep. get vertical, and make guys miss. And he did that. He was running hard through stuff. Like I thought he looked really good, and that was nice to see because after last week, I, it, it really soured on it. And also, you've also with that, you've seen like, hey, his athleticism is not great in the NFL, right? So it's like you have these questions in your head of like, well, can he be a good back with those athleticism issues? But it's like, okay, he can still do the things that he did well at Oklahoma. Make guys miss. Also, James Robinson just turned into like old James Robinson and was dragging. Like he was dragging like five guys on that one play. Where were the linemen on that play? I was th- that could have been that could have been a bigger run if there were linemen that were pushing him. I think Jack disagree. Anderson was I think behind. if they pushed him, he would have lost his balance. He was oh, just yeah? like drag like that. You know, offensive linemen just like to lay a hit and it'll like actually tackle the back. Maybe if you got him at the very end of it, but he got like an extra six yards by just dragging Jets players. Like if you're if you were a Jets player in on that, you should be embarrassed. He also other bounce a big had a you know bounce a uh, bounce a big run. Twenty yards. Still don't think he's making the team, but it was fun to watch. It was a James Robinson revenge game. It was. It was a James Robinson revenge. There's been a lot of revenge games this preseason. Let's talk about T- Tommy DeVito. Let's talk about Tommy DeVito. Can I talk about something first since I don't know how many topics we have left in this episode and we have two more ads? You asking me makes me want to say no, but I'll let you. Oh, please. Oh, and I have I have a guest. I have a special guest. He's right here. Mikey. How are you, Mikey? It's great to see you. Uh, Mikey. cigarettes, Mike? Oh, not yet. That'll be towards the latter part of his life. Uh, Mikey, say nothing if the farmer's dog is the best form of dog food you have ever eaten in your entire life. 
completely speechless. Because the results of switching my dog's food from kibble to fresh, it can seem like magic. But the farmer's dog doesn't use any sorcery or secret ingredients to make their fresh food, as Mikey heaves at the microphone, to make their fresh food just science. The farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It's developed by vets, nutritionally balanced, and made from real, healthy ingredients to human food safety standards. It doesn't matter if your dog is young or old. My dog is getting old. He's nine years old. It's always the right time to begin investing in their health, helping you live a more healthy, happy, and full years together. Isn't that right, Mikey? Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy. Plus, you get free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy for 50% off. It's a shame you're a dog. And you don't understand that getting 50% off and free shipping is an absolute steal. And you're currently looking away from me like you're so pissed at me. Bobby's going to be glad you did. Because you're like talking about all this good food in front of him and he's like, I I want some right now. (laughs) It's It's true. It's like when you're on a diet and someone's talking about all like this good food. It's like you're making me want to ruin my diet. Hey, Sean, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. I have an update. Yeah. Yesterday, Friday, my grandma's dog, dead. Oh, no. Smoke cigarettes? No, but was a little bit of a boozer. Oh, sure. Um, Liver cancer. Tommy DeVito. When... when 19, when, sorry. When 19 to 29, 210 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The one interception was really bad. How many times have we talked about dead dogs on this podcast? I don't know, dude. Stop bringing up dead dogs. Too no many reason. times. Uh, Tommy DeVito, 19 for 29. If You know what? We would do it less if people got, if my grandma got farmer's dog. Healthy lifestyle. There's a farmer's dog uh, commercial on the game last tonight. Wow. Tommy DeVito, I, I, I'll say it. Whenever you have a UDFA quarterback and you go in the preseason, there is to me there's more likely than not that he goes out there and he's a disaster, right? And it's like, all right, that's enough quarterback for you. The C- the CFL or XFL is as your calling card, even if you can even play on those teams. Devito has done the opposite of that. Like he's operated the offense, he's felt pressure well and escape when he needed to. He's kept you on a schedule. And what I was impressed with today, specifically with with Devito. Third down, he was six of nine, 53 yards, and three, two of those three incompletions. One was the back shoulder to Sills that they overturned, which was a beautiful throw. And then the other was at the end of the half. Remember the throw that he dropped in the bucket to Sills and Sills just didn't bring it down? Yeah. Like those were two of the three incompletions that Tommy DeVito had on third down. That would have changed the game if Sills caught that. Yeah. And, and, and then obviously delivering the touchdown to Sills at the end, which we'll talk about Sills. Like I now, QB3 is Tommy DeVito for, like, there's no doubt, right? Like, there's no, like, okay, we're getting rid of this guy and we're going to look to upgrade. Um, so, DeVito, DeVito is here. We'll see him next August. I Hopefully, we do not see him this year. But I'm excited to see him next August. And he gets a year to learn behind to Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor and be a, you know, a scout team quarterback for the Giants starting defense and face all that blitzing and stuff in practice and get better and and hopefully can develop into a backup quarterback. Yeah, there was even a throw that he had to Lawrence Cager in the first quarter too, where it was on the right it was towards the right sideline. Yeah. And it was over two defenders. And it was and that was that was pretty impressive. If you put enough touch on it to get it over those two Jets defenders and Lawrence Cager stumbles near the sideline. So yeah, I they were talking about it on the Giants post game today that and I get it because they're they have to promote the Giants. They're like, oh, Tommy DeVito could get claimed by another team if caught. You got to be careful. I don't think so. But Tommy DeVito has been way more impressive than I thought he would be. But am I, if you were to tell me at, when I started watching him in camp, I would be surprised. But if you were to tell me before I saw any of the camp practices that he would look like this based off of our UDFA review of him, I'd be like, yeah, this is exactly kind of what we thought Tommy DeVito would be. Maybe even a little bit better at manipulating the pocket because that part he has looked really mature doing. 
Yeah, yeah, which it was an issue at Syracuse, you know. So, like, again, like he said, he's worked well within structure. He's kept the offense on schedule. And he's been overall a- accurate, you know, and he's put good touch on it. Like, he's – I mean, go watch the Tommy DeVito film review or the UDFA podcast if you haven't already, people. You'd be a lot more prepared for this episode if you were, uh, if you did do those things. But, yeah, he look, he's, he's looked good, and I, I'm very happy, which, again, I was – Going into preseason game one, I'm like, I was bracing for disaster with Tommy DeVito. It's like, the NFL's just different for these guys, and he's looked good. Um, the RPO pick six, though, was really bad, now that we're done praising him. That was really, that was, like, stupid. Not just, like, a bad decision or a bad throw. It was just, he he pumped it. Like, I don't know what what he saw. I went back and watched it to see what, he he pumped it. And and then threw it, and then like Sills doesn't know what the hell's going on. And I don't blame him. People were going at his effort. I disagree. Like Sills was waiting for the throw, um, and it gets pick sixed. Like that was like, okay, you can't do that type of stuff. Like th- throw the damn ball in the RPO or dirt it because that was that was a really stupid decision by Tommy DeVito. Yeah, the only one that he's really made though, and he's played like eleven quarters of of ball, so. Um, cost us the game, kinda. Sorry, Tommy DeVito, to be tough, but yeah. damn you, Tommy DeVito. David Sills, he is now the Giants' preseason receiving leader in the post-COVID preseason era of only three preseason games. Mm-hmm. Six catches for eighty-one yards and a touchdown. I mean, he could have had like hundred thirty if he doesn't that that back shoulder doesn't touch the ground and he catches that pass at the end of the half. Idea? Can we create a log of? preseason stats since like in the in the post covid three preseason game schedule era because if you look on pro football reference there's not yeah i'll google log. Log that yeah so let's so let's actually start that and let's uh let's keep track of that like every single year okay yeah i'll google doc that i'm actually very excited to do that so you gave me because good- david sills is probably gonna like i'm not sure there will ever be a run where a wide receiver is best friends with the quarterback. Now, I will say, David Sills... At what Sills point is, does David Sills just not on the Giants practice squad and 90-man roster? But David Sills is, like, legit good in practice and preseason. So I can't I can't even fault him for being on the team because he's Daniel Jones' best friend. Well, he's, like, legit good when he's out there when it doesn't count, but when it well, counts, he's not going to be on bad. the 53. He's going to be on the practice squad. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, having him on the practice there's squad. not going to be... There's not... Ever, I don't know if there's ever going to be a run where there's going to be a guy that's going to be on... That's going to be playing significant snaps in the preseason, multiple quarters every single year. That's going to garner stats like this. And David Sills is probably going to do this for two or three more years. That's the thing. <laughs> like, he's twenty. That's why I'm like he's twenty-seven years old. So, and if you think about it, like he's one of the longest tenure Giants. If you don't include like you know being cut and then claim you know being brought on the roster and practice squad, like he's not going anywhere. Tw- like it's Sterling Shepard, twenty sixteen. Saquon's the only from twenty eighteen, and then two thousand nineteen. You had that draft class that's still there with DJ, uh, DJ Dex, Slayton, and O'Shane, and then Sills was claimed after that preseason. Like he's he's number he's number seven on the list, maybe six <laughs> if we get rid of O'Shane Zimenez finally. Yeah, which which can lead that leads me to my next topic. There you go. And it wasn't the next topic, but I'm putting it the next topic. O'Shane Zimmerman has played the majority of the game, had zero tackles, jumped off sides. He doesn't do anything. No. He doesn't do anything well. Like outside linebacker and Timon Fox didn't do much to, you know, put him clear cut deserves to be on the roster. But now that we have Isaiah Simmons who's going to do some of that stuff. One I hope to God there's some type of talent out there we can get off of the waiver wire. Doesn't need to be a guy, just some type of talent. Some guy who brings at least one element to his game. But with that, I want to say this. Carter Coffin's making this team off of his special teams prowess. He had a tackle, two tackles for a loss today. One from the stack linebacker position and one from the edge where he went and he levered up against Elijah Vera Tucker and had a tackle for a loss. Elijah Vera Tucker, is that guy pretty good? Carter Coffin was a great pass rusher in college. He started out as an outside linebacker, and even though he's not a good run defender like O'Shane Zimenez or consistently a great pass, like he at least has pass rush wins. Why not put Carter Coffin just back at the edge? And because I'm telling you, he's a he's a, he'd be a more productive NFL player than O'Shane Zimenez. 
Carter Coughlin's a better preseason player than O'Shane Zimenez. Better, but but a better record. Like Carter <laughs> Coughlin's had better pass rush wins the last. You know, if you go, if you if you look at the Joe Judge era, Carter Coughlin had better, a much better pass rush prowess than O'Shane Zimenez does. O'Shane Zimenez had a QB hit today, Bobby. Come on, did he? Yeah, he did. According to the NFL game book, barely touched him. I actually remember that play. Take that. Um, Carter Coffin looked like Perry Carson today. Yeah, Carter, Carter <laughs> Coffin is a great preseason player, but uh, but seriously, but I'm not joking at all with that though. Like Carter Coffin should to me, unless we get somebody, he should be the fourth edge or the fifth edge after Timon Fox. But Ocean Zimenez just does not do anything for you anymore, or ever has. And this is coming from someone like, by the way, like. I had we did a I did a hey don't forget about O'Shane yet segment after the 2021 draft when they drafted Aziz and Ellerson Smith and and had these guys where I said don't you know and had Lorenzo Carter and I said don't 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 totally throw away O'Shane Zimenez get this guy a chance and he had a good preseason I was like hey this guy guy deserves to still be around because when everyone that was saying that should be would be their surprise cut in 2021 I think I and, said that should have been um so yeah. Like it's it's just enough. Other things. Uh, did you have anything else on offense besides the fact that Khalil Pivotin has now had three reverses in the preseason and one he just totally put his knee through David Sills' head? <laughs> I'm not sure if there was ever. We had it. We had the entire section <laughs> laughing at that play. <laughs> it was very. It was very funny. Um. Oh, here's something with offense. Something that's just curious. It's like an asterisk. Little little asterisk I have from this game. Asterisk. Saw a lot of Sills. We saw Colin Johnson out there a little bit. They would put him out there, take him out, put him out there, take him out. I this is this could be a little fan conspiracy, but I think they're kind of doing that intentionally because they want to keep him around and they like they don't want to put good Colin Johnson plays out there. They could put good David Sills plays out there and be confident teams won't pick him up. But Colin Johnson was a guy that the Giants picked up from the Jaguars a couple years ago. Versus if you have good Colin Johnson's plays out there, I think that maybe a team would pick him up. And I know he's been hurt this summer, and he's had a complicated summer and maybe an underwhelming one because of the injuries. But it was just very curious to see a guy that I know that they like. Um, He was out there, didn't really run routes, a lot of run plays, and then they would take him out. So I thought Colin Johnson's game was pretty curious. I think that's a good conspiracy theory. Yeah, because they like, want to stash him. You know they don't like, and I don't. I don't want to lose Colin Johnson, but you can't really justify putting him on the roster right now. Right. Um, um, that's it. That's all I have from. That's all I have for offense. Um, I have one more defensive point. Oh, I have some defensive points left. Only yeah. one positive. The rest are negative. Should yeah. I do the positive or the negative? Because even the positive is not that positive because of the way it ended. Let's just let's just do the negative. Rip off the bandaid. Amani Rory. He gave up a yeah. touchdown, but that last touchdown of the game, go back and watch it. The guy catches the ball, and Amani Ray puts no effort in going to tackle him. He just jogs over, and they run, and they they score a touchdown right in front of him. That For a guy bad. that struggled, has not been a good corner, and like if, if like a way to get on the roster would be like, hey, we need one outside corner, and this guy can give us like, dude, like. If I were the head coach and I, I would play that play, I would do that on the film review when they when they meet together tomorrow and they go through the they go through the film, and then he would be the first guy I cut. Seriously, might. like I, I might. would I would I would use that as a as a as a teaching lesson. Like I would cut him a day before the fifty three, because they're if if they're unless they want to keep him on the roster, which I don't think they're going to do. You know, he's playing in the last two minutes. He's playing the last – he was playing the entire end of the preseason game. Yeah, I was I was down with the whole notion of, yeah, he had a really bad camp and he's had a really bad summer. But look at the state of the Giants' outside corners right now. Adoree Jackson's in the slot. You have two rookies starting on the outside, which is one of my last defensive points. Cordell Flott has now joined the – you know, being the outside corner depth, they moved him out of the slot – because he just didn't work there. So uh, Amani Aurorie is kind of like what they have left, but it's this is a not a great 
secondary depth wise, and it and it really is making me nervous heading into the season. Agreed. Jamon Green went from the UDFA. I might forget who he was in five years to I'm always going to remember him for all of his missed tackles on third down. I mean, he also like, got beat every single like he Sterling Shepard had like his longest catch of the summer over J- Jamon Green. David Sills had the majority of his good plays over Jamon Green. So, um, very slow corner. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing is like he's fundamentally sound when we did our breakdown of him, but it's just like he just doesn't have NFL athleticism. Yeah. Um and he's physical too. Yeah, I, I he just they would just juke the shit out of him. It'd be like third yep. and fifteen, they catch underneath and he'd miss the tackle. Like it was three times, and they also get the touchdown to Garrett Wilson, which you don't hate him too much for that. But yeah, I I thought I, Jamal Green will always be remembered as the guy who couldn't tackle on third down. Beavers looked bad in coverage a few times. He got sealed. So I was I was really keyed in on Isaiah Simmons on my rewatch. And I'm like, oh, shit. Did he get sealed and dominated on this run play? And then the guy turns. I'm like, oh, nope, that's Darian Beavers. So I, do you think he could be a surprise cut since he's looked so bad? But I also don't think he will because you don't have any other linebackers and they clearly like him, and it's like he's coming off the injury. Like, I feel like there should be some patience there with Darren Beavers. Well, I mean, I think you can stash him, and then you can sign him. You can stash him and then sign him if, if you need to and if it comes up, because you do have Isaiah Simmons. Like, that is that is the thing. I, I know we've said that you don't want him playing every down linebacker, and he won't when you have Micah McFadden out there, and he can spell McFadden. And, and you got to go can... get another linebacker then. Yeah. Has Carter Coughlin shown you enough no. to to be the to be the number four? Carter Coughlin has shown you enough to be the number four linebacker in a, in a pinch and in a, and that's why I'm saying you can elevate Darian, be, you know, ele- sign him to the fifty three in the I middle think he of the makes week. It, though. I think he may. They like yeah. him, and I I don't. Beavers is a is a guy who I think could possibly even get claimed because he like he has good college film. Yeah, and there's a, and the Giants did like him, so I could see a team want to claim him and, and have some patience with him. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they if they do with the purposes of we're going to keep you around and you're going to rehab and if we need you, if two linebackers, if two interior linebackers go down in a given game, Bobby, then you sign Darian Beavers back, you know, the the next week, and then boom, he's he's here. So, want to talk about the injuries? Javarius Owens was one of the guys that got, got injured. On the play, he got injured. Quarterback hit. Of course. It, this was the first preseason game where injuries actually like happened. Like, Javarius Owens had a hamstring. Bobby McCain got a concussion. Oh, by the way, when Jihad Ward said, I'm going to stay in next to the referee, like into the microphone, could you guys hear that in the stadium? No, I didn't hear Jihad Ward say that. No. Uh, that's... I'm, I'm, I'm very high up, so maybe 100 level people heard it. Zion Gilbert had a hamstring, Brian Bryce Ford Wheaton knee, a Chris Myrick had a hand, Wyatt Davis a knee, and then Jamon Green had a. Sh- I don't know how Jamon Green was Shoulder. out there like the last play of the game. McCain, I think Owens is pretty safe, but McCain, Bryce Ford Wheaton, and Myrick, those are all three roster bubble guys. And then there's other guys who didn't play: Tyree Phillips, DJ Davidson, both roster bubble guys. Uh, Cordell Flott's not. Nick McLeod. I made What's I made like adjustment like he can't make the team if he's just going to be injured or maybe he's someone they slide through and put on IR. Cam Brown, if they want to add like BFW or somebody else as a special teamer, that's not good for Cam Brown. Jack Anderson, maybe Tommy Sweeney went with the heart issue, whatever happened at the practice facility the other day. Gary Brightwell, who's like like he could have made himself put himself on the roster this year and he hasn't played. Um. Jack Anderson, Ryder Anderson's got a serious injury. Ryder will get cut and put on IR or some shit. Yeah, um, yeah but a lot of roster... Now, I'm glad it's not the starters, thank God. But uh, a lot of roster bubble guys, like that could be the decision made on them. Yeah, it depends on the severity of these injuries, and especially the guys that are sitting down on the bench. Beasley, too. I forgot about Beasley. Beasley, the decision about Wondell Robinson. What the hell is going on with Aaron Robinson? as we talk about this cornerback room and it's it's scary you know it's it's a little it's a little scary for the back end of the roster and it's going to and it's definitely going to impact these decisions as we get down to the 53 for sure um why don't we talk about one more thing uh which I have to talk about it and then I want to talk about I got a couple more things you have a couple more things great so um and I want to talk about uh 
the one thing I wanted to see tonight, but in a way, seeing how two corners and two safeties got hurt, maybe it's a good thing we didn't see these guys. I want to talk about Nutrafol. Um, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage i love coverage we've been talking about coverage with the dbs because that's what defense is neutral supports healthy hair group from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress hormones environment nutrition lifestyle and metabolism through the whole body health take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time neutral is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to neutral.com slash men and enter the promo code talk giants Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code TALKGIANTS. That's T-A-L-K-G-I-A-N-T-S. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code TALKGIANTS. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. Um, can I say what I really wanted to see tonight? You'll be glad you did, yes. I wanted selfishly because i want to i wanted to get a feel of what week one is going to be like and this is my biggest worry about week one again deontay banks and trey hawkins on the outside well they've had you know they've had a strong second half of camp trey hawkins has been strong all camp deontay banks has really started to show out the second part of camp and i would say basically at this point just besides that first week deontay banks has been pretty sound i wanted to see aaron Rodgers throwing the ball Garrett Wilson, Randall Cobb, some of these other uh, Jets wide receivers that they have out there, even if they weren't, even if they weren't playing some of their starters, they still have a lot of different skill position guys that they could throw the ball to. I really wanted to see some of those guys go up against the Jets star, uh, Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins go up against the Jets starters. But again, I'm glad the coaches made the decision not to play him because everybody in the defense like got hurt. At one point, they only had three corners available, and they were teaching and they were saying like they were having linebackers play safety. That's how bad. Well, it was. when Javarius Owens got injured and Bobby McCain was injured, they were running like a base front, but with a, a nickel, three corners and one safety. Yeah. <laughs> and D- Dable said, in, "Dable said in the post game pressers that you know I I commend the coaches because they were ha- they were teaching linebackers to place to play like a safety role at the time, which was which was crazy. So. Yeah, because what I was because I saw it because I was looking for Javarius because." When the third team was out there on defense, so I was like, ah, right, we're just going to watch Javarius Owens. Because he had that QB hit. It ended up being that touchdown uh, over Darren Evans at the end of the game, towards the end of the game. And I saw, I, I was like, oh, Javarius Owens QB hit. Cool. So I'm looking for him in the next series. I'm like, where is he? Is he playing deep? And then I realized, I, I was like, he's not out there. And Alex Cook is the sole safety. And they have three corners and then a base <laughs> front. Like, they got they got four linebackers and three down linemen. Uh, Graham Gano, Clem. Someone could send this to Clem. Was saying like, "Oh, I'm worried about Cano. Six for six uh, this preseason. Had a 56 and a 57 yarder, which I don't think he's ever had any bigger than those as a New York Giant. Did have a 63 yarder back in the day. People forget against uh, against the New York Giants with the Carolina Panthers. Five for five and extra points. Still got it. Greatest Giants kicker of all time. Well, uh, that's your preseason corner, or not? Uh, yeah, special teams corner. There you go. And then the last thing, they had a little promo for week one, and like Andrew Thomas is like really excited for it, going to be good. And Aziz Ojalar is like, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. And Darren Waller, <laughs> who once played for the Oakland Raiders, is like, yeah, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I bet there's going to be some fights in the stands. <laughs> or he said fist fights in the stands. And I was like, fuck yes, Darren Waller. That's <laughs> sick. Producer, producer let that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need to find, I'll play it because it's funny. Um, yeah, I didn't see it. I need to. I, Darren Waller probably said it with like a smile on his face too, because that's okay, just. Okay, so what's cool is I got the other guys talking before him. That's that's gonna be legit. I've been dreaming about the opening day forever. I think um, it's gonna be electric. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Um, opening night, division rival. It'll be a crazy environment. I'm sure there'll be some fist fight in the stands. The energy's gonna be electric. I know. <laughs> Quick cut. Just Quick like, cut. Just gonna be some fist fights in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, like, there fuck is. Yeah, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a culture of violence shirt. You know what's crazy? Um, Actually, I'm putting all- that on my to do list. Send Darren Waller a culture of violence shirt. 
there was almost a fight tonight where somebody in a Devin Hester jersey was yelling at a Giants fan, and there was almost a fight like right near me. It was pretty uncomfortably close to me. Um, it the the fight week one is going to be like a Giants fan and an Eagles fan. That's what it's going to be. Not a Giants and a Cowboy fan. It's going to be Giants and an Eagle. Like somebody it's in an Eagles jersey. It's always the guy that's wearing a jersey of the team that's not playing. Yep. It's always there. Like I've seen yep. a bunch of Eagles jerseys, uh, people in Eagles jerseys fight in games. Never at an Eagles game. Yep. That's um, what it'll be. I'm ready, man. I'm so ready. I know we're going to have 53 men cut. I know we're going to have, uh, you know, Tuesday at 4 p.m. And Tuesday all day is going to be a big. We're going to be on our phones all day waiting for news and waiting for all that jazz. But, um, Giants fans are ready for week one. We're ready for Dallas. Uh, I'm ready for week one versus Dallas. I, I need it. I need that game. Uh, and it, this is going to be a really slow two weeks until that point. And I'm kind of kind of dreading it. Um, I'm really excited to get back to MetLife to see this team rock and roll. I need it. I'm excited for today when people are listening. My, here's my to-do list. I have clip up Eric Gray, get annoyed at Filato having the entire game out on all 22 on that's Twitter. A, that's a to-do list item. To get that's annoyed. a that's a that's because he just gets it before us, and it drives yeah. me nuts. It's like I want to be posting this stuff. Google Doc preseason stats for the last three. I'm going tackles. Like it's going to take me about an hour to do that. Send Darren Waller a culture of violence shirt, and then family dinner. Um, family dinner. So enjoy your guys Sunday, y'all. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We will see you. Uh, so schedule for this week. Last week week of player profile episodes. So Tuesday will be Brita and Dex. Wednesday is Saquon and Anacho. Thursday's Daniel Jones, which will be fun to I'm gonna go re-listen to last year's where I'm like, is this the last one ever of DJ? And then Friday, we we do wait for the 53. Don't give it because so much stuff changes. There's guys who are fake cut and then brought back, guys put on IR, waiver claims. So we're gonna wait till Friday to put out an episode just so we can get one really good episode out of that. So uh, we do appreciate you guys. Thanks for kicking, uh, stay, staying kicking with us in the preseason. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>